Hey everybody, Craig here from Yes Have Some Podcast. Before we get started tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about our ongoing partnership with the Ghostbusters Containment Unit Autograph Group. That group is run by my buddies, Matt and Tom. They are wonderful human beings. It's been awesome getting to know them and working with them. And they're total professionals. They are autograph experts. And right now they are running a private signing with Ernie Hudson. That's right, the Ghostbuster Winston Zedmore himself. We had Ernie on Yes Have Some a couple weeks ago. We talked about Ghostbusters. We talked about Ghostbusters Afterlife. And of course, we talked about this signing that they're doing. Now, this is how a private signing works. You're going to go to the Ghostbusters Containment Unit Facebook page. They also have a private Facebook group. I recommend joining. Wonderful discussion about collecting Ghostbusters autographs. And you're going to find the post where they talk about the private signing. And you're going to contact them to let them know what you want. They have photos available. You can do 8x10s, 11x14s, things like that. Or you can also send in your item. Let's say you've got a poster, you've already got signed by Dan Aykroyd, or you're working on a project, or you've got an action figure of Winston that you want to get signed. You can send it directly to them. They will get it signed for you. You can get it personalized. You can get anything you want on there, quotes from the movie, things of that nature, and then they send it right back to you. It's wonderful. Keep in mind the deadline is November 6th, 2020 so just a few more days until you can get that order in and secure the autograph we want you to get in on the ernie hudson signing and as an added bonus we are partnering with our friend john yurkaba who you very much know he is a wonderful artist and is doing an exclusive winston zedmore ernie hudson print 10 lucky folks who sign up for this private signing will get the bonus print signed by Ernie Hudson himself. It's kind of like a Willy Wonka YHS containment unit golden ticket type of situation. So head to the Ghostbusters containment unit, get in on the Ernie Hudson private signing and get in on all of their upcoming exciting, we can't even talk about it yet. That's how exciting we think it's going to be, uh, private signings and uh, do it. Just do it. Come on. I don't want to beg. Just do it. I'm getting some autographs. I know you are too. Ernie Hudson's the best. Let's get on with the show. Okay, here we go. I think we Holy it shit. Out. It got really bad, but I think we figured it out. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Yes, Absum Midnight Mando. Thank you so much for joining us. Holy shit. Technical difficulties have hit the fan, but we have figured it out. We are live on YouTube. We are live Yay! on Facebook. I can't believe this. We're going to do our intros again, but we're going to be a little bit short-winded this time. But we're all here. We've made it. This is what I get for trying to buy Ghostbusters shoes instead of running my goddamn show. So... Joining us, tonight, Troy Benjamin, all the way from California. How are you, man? Hey, good guys. Good, I feel good. like we just did this. Yeah, we did, but now it's actually like happening for real. Ryan Dole, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm from Canada. Hi. <laughs> Abigail Gardner, how are you? 
<laughs> Doing well. I've got water with me tonight. Very so it's cool. going to be a Ooh. good evening. How's the uh, live chat going? Have people figured out what's going on? Is is, is everybody still yeah. in? I didn't mean to kill everybody with whatever was just happening. But listen, it's only 12.07. We've got a lot of time to go. And as Troy knows, as a podcaster and as a content producer, it never goes the way it's supposed to. So you just roll oh. with the punches. Is this what wow. uh, is happening right now? It is. Um, so... We are going to be doing Midnight Mando every Friday night here on the YouTube channel. We really appreciate you guys sticking with us. We are excited about this. So let's go ahead and get started today. Episode one of season two, The Marshal. Boy, what an episode it was. Uh, I'm always interested in when people get a chance to watch this without incriminating themselves because we all work full-time jobs as well. Um, but I know as soon as I woke up this morning, I was like, no social media, no Twitter, no Facebook. Let me get this episode in. Troy, is this what you experienced as well? I I mean, I stayed up late to watch it at midnight just for that exact reason because I wanted okay. to experience it without people like because and, and if you were on any type of social media this morning, you saw people posting gifts and photos and all sorts of stuff. So even if you would have just like casually logged in, you would have you would have seen something. So yeah, yeah we, I... we stayed up last night. I think I saw a spoiler on, on uh, Twitter last night that I didn't even realize when it happened. Um, so that's fine. Uh, I hope nobody's uh, not watched it yet and is tuning into this. That would be a weird way to figure out what happened on this episode, The Marshal. Um, but we're going to start off right off the top here with a little bit of a roundtable. We're going to rate the episode in a segment that we're calling credits. That's right. How many credits are we going to give this episode? One to 10. I don't know where my sound effects are. That's fine. We'll get them in post. <laughs> Thank you, Abigail. Um, roundtable, one to 10. I don't know how you guys felt, but I can start us off. My text to Ryan this morning was, that was the best 45 minutes of Star Wars that I have seen since Return of the Jedi. Now, that's a hyperbolic uh, statement. I know that. I did rewatch it again, and uh, I feel the same. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give this 10 credits. I don't know if that's it. That's 10 out of 10 for me, um, but I'll let you guys take it. Ryan, uh, what did you think? How many credits? I'm also giving it 10 credits. It uh, surpassed every expect expectation I would have had. And, you know, you're coming in there hot off season one so your expectations are high so for them to actually surpass those high expectations that's a that's pretty rad that they were able to do that and uh i'm i am tickled pink with impressed okay it's so good there you go uh abigail good review ryan i personally <laughs> give this 10 credits um it deserves <laughs> every soft credit way. we're soft <laughs> What? I mean, it's a banger. Like the episode has so much to it and it has like so much humor and it, it takes it to like another bigger level. I think, um, I know we're going to kind of dig into it, but it was perfect. It was a really perfect episode watching it. I was like, this is better than solo. This is better than uh last Jedi. It's better than, um, rise of Skywalker. It's just really the best star Wars that exists right now. <laughs> and I'm so happy to have it in my life. Okay, so you mean just the Mandalorian in general, not just this episode was better. But this specific episode was like, it, I mean, out of 10, it's a 10 out of 10. All right, there you go, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, Troy, um, now normally you would go to your special guest first, but I'm saving you for last. I don't know why I did that. I don't but, mind. Uh, Troy, no, how, I, how no many No ego credits? here. <laughs> uh, you get to go first every time now on. 
I, 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 I'll take that. Um, I, I'm going to be the one sort of uh, lone, uh, uh, I don't, it's, I, I'm going to give it nine credits okay. out of 10. Okay. And the only reason I'm going to give it that extra little bit of like wiggle room to get to 10 is because it's not my favorite episode, which I need to like rewatch it a few more times. But right. like, if you watch Sanctuary, that's one that I've watched like five times now um, yep. because it's just it's a good Western story from start to finish. And this one has that same sort of structure and it feels like, you know, the lone gunman, the man with no name comes into the town to help everybody out and the the lone sheriff needs his help. And I, I love that aspect of it, but it's not my favorite. I would give my favorite episode a 10 and then like my next favorite episode a nine. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Um, I, thought I just want to be different because I'm punk rock. That's, oh, you are uh, so yeah. punk rock. No, I was just... I just- Realize why we have Troy has a skateboard, so deal with it. Um, I um I really I like that though because like for me, what I love about the Mandalorian is like you could you could make an argument that it does fall back on a a pretty um when you kind of know the structure because it's it's a long drawn out story like I'm sure they're planning five six seasons of this and you get these little self contained episodes where you just kind of chip away at the overall overall arc, but really this story, um not only did they in this first episode set the tone for the season, which is it's picking right up where, where season one left off. Um, you're introducing some new elements that are obviously going to be very important, but also, you know, uh, the Mandalorian now, you know, you like, I don't want to ever call it predictable, but almost in the way, like, you know, how Han Solo is going to react in a situation. Like there were certain beats of this episode and it, but it's like candy. You wouldn't want it any other way. Like I like, where he's at at this point. I like his protection of the child who's joining me tonight, by the way, uh, say hi, uh, to him. Uh, I feel like, uh, we need a better, here we go. The child. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to really get into it and we're going to get in depth, but, um, uh, Troy, I do agree with you. I mean, there was some solid episodes last year and, 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 I know, listen, we're going to look back at this. And I'm going to be like, I can't believe I gave that first episode a 10, <laughs> episodes two and three and four. I need to give the exactly. You got to leave some room for the next episodes. Um. Yeah. So yeah, but um, by the by the force, by the force. That's how I say. By the way, um, as we go, Abigail is going to be monitoring the live chat. We're live on YouTube. We are also mm-hmm. live on Facebook. We're, the the chat is really happening on YouTube. We're going to be doing some Q and A at the end. Abby's going to be keeping track of questions. So as we go, if if you guys want us to tackle a certain subject or get our opinion, pick our brain, make fun of us, whatever you want to do, let us know in the chat. Abby's going to be on top of that. Um, so, but I'm ready to move into the deep dive discussion because there is so much to cover here. So let's go yeah, ahead let's and do, do that with our episode recap. And you can see the lovely graphics created by me. So um, again. Yay! So let's go ahead and um, start off. I mean, I know we all made notes. We all watched it multiple times. Uh, Ryan, you are a huge Star Wars fan. So kind of start giving me your, your overview. What, what, what were your impressions of, of this episode as we begin to talk about it? Uh, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just talk about the beginning of the episode. I'll let other people kind of bring up other parts of the episode. Because uh, uh, I, I could easily just hog the whole thing. Uh, but that opening uh, with them just going down that dingy alley with all that really cool looking graffiti. And you see those like red eyes, just those glowing eyes in the in the background and stuff. And, uh, it, it just kind of had a, 
you, you know that vibe of when you first go through Tatooine for the first time and you see like Jawas? Yeah. You're not sure if they're good or bad. Right. And this kind of had that same kind of feel, except everything was dark and red. So you kind of knew, you know, it's a little more evil. And yeah. uh, man, just that whole thing with them going to like that indie wrestling style pit fight. I love that. You know, with the two Gamorreans going at it with the vibro blades <sighs> and like, yeah. Awesome. Right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. dude. Like, and bringing dude, the child so into it with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not giving a crap. He's like that guy that brings his kid to the bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, that was like my and dad always tracks. letting me get a pizza. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, here play this That's arcade game while I go get a beer. Right? Home. Like, yeah. it's yeah. Now, as yeah, we go it was on, so good. As we go on, um, I'm gonna kind of jump in with with little uh, points. Um, this character that he's going to meet, right, is a Gore Koresh, is a new character, kind of a Cyclops alien, uh, played by the wonderful John Leguizamo. What I love about Mandalorian is these uh, little cameos, and you just know if there's a, a kind of a character they're focusing on, you're like, I know that's somebody. I don't know who it is, and I can't look <laughs> it up till we're done. Um, but Troy, uh, talking about this first scene, Gamorrean guards fighting. Uh, I know this was in one of the trailers, but uh, seeing these guys go at it and then this this conversation where you just know this guy's bad right off the bat. Uh, what what were your impressions of that? Well, the, yeah, the first impression that I had was, yeah, you see that in the, the trailer and that was one of my favorite moments where the, you know, the child hits the pram and the, the shell goes uh, up over top of him because you know that the, things are about to go down. But um, what I noticed, and and maybe you guys noticed this too, is that the Mando feels uh, bigger this year. Like in, in the, in the first season, he was still kind of finding his way. And even when you talked to the armorer about getting the jet pack, it was like, are you trained in the rise of the Phoenix or whatever the uh, rise of the Phoenix is the tenacious D album. But you know what I mean? It was, <laughs> and, and we want to know. Is he trained in that album? We need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so he, he was, he was big and he was like a brawler. So when, when things go South and he has to fight all these guys, it was kind of like watching the 89 Michael Keaton Batman. Like he's, he's just, he's staying tough and he's like brawling them and, and they're coming at him and he's barely moving. He's just like knocking them aside and it's no big deal to him. Um, so that was cool because it, to me, it felt like there was a passage of time. So he's wearing the jetpack, He's trained. He knows how to use it. Um, he's also, you know, bulked up a little bit and he's increased his fighting style to maybe protect the child and, uh, and be a better, better guardian. So like, there's so much said in that one scene. Um, and even, you know, in the dialogue saying like, I hear that this, this child follows you everywhere, you know, that, you know, that these two now kind of have a reputation of where they go, uh, maybe trouble follows. Yeah. But yeah, it was was a great intro. Um, I want to skip ahead just for a second and we'll come right back to this. Um, once they get outside, um, I felt like that was a direct homage to Michael Keaton, Batman, when he wrangles him on the <laughs> yep, wire yep. and he's pulling him. And, I'm just like, yep. what are you, man? Like, I'm like, like there's, and listen, there, these people making this show, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, all these people, these are the biggest nerds in the world. So if you think it's an homage, it probably is. So, um, but yeah. anyways, getting back into the, uh, the match. So, uh, Abby, what, what were your first impressions of this scene? Well, the first thing I spotted that like stood out to me was the graffiti. Um, and I was texting with our friend Hal this afternoon. I was like, was that the first graffiti that we've ever seen in star Wars? Um, and he was like, no, there's some in clone wars. Um, he brought up some other things, which I won't go into further because people who like research, certain thing it's like you, you know when someone's probably got a spoiler going on uh so i don't want to go into that 
But I will say that I was like, dude, fucking Banksy looks like he's at in wherever this planet is. It's very good graffiti. It's very cool. The looking outer at the, rim. The atmosphere. Sorry, I just wanted to say outer rim. Um, yeah, it was outer cool. rim. Um, it was very uh, uh. And it's yeah. I won't. I don't need to add anything other than it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. The the aesthetic was great, and like you just know, it's kind of a seedy neighborhood with an underground fight. Um, so looking at my notes, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, and I rewound it twice and then reconfirmed it on Twitter. Did you notice Constable Zuvio? Yes, he's on <laughs> yes. my list. Yes, he's on my I list. To know him. Yeah. My Black Series Zuvio. Now I get to move him into the Mandalorian shelf, which is a much cooler <laughs> shelf. Let's just face it than the Force Awakens characters we never saw. Um, I yeah. love that. Like, I wonder, I, I bet they just had that costume. Like, let's, let's, let's give Zuvio his, his due. Let, let's let him go yeah. to the fight. Let's get him in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to also on bring purpose. up in there. Yeah. Oh. Right, right, right. right. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Just one last thing I wanted to bring up about the, the fight in the bar, in the, the fight club. Uh, one of my favorite things I saw in there, like when Mando's fighting everybody off. So when the guy goes to punch him in the face and he just headbutts his fist. Yeah. That was some of the most badass shit I've ever seen in Star Wars. Like yeah. straight up, like and like you were saying, like it's got a very Batman feel to it. And I wrote yeah. that down too. And I'm so glad someone else picked up on it. That wasn't obviously me. And uh, <laughs> you think everything has a Batman feel to it? I, I, I do. A Hallmark right? Commercial. I was like, oh, that felt kind of like Batman if you think about it. Right. Like those condolence cards. I'm pretty sure he got so many of them when he was eight years old. You know. So it's like, <laughs> you know. And, so to actually see that and like just him doing that, yeah, it like we're only like what ten minutes into the show and I'm already like drop kicking invisible ninjas yeah. across the room. Like yeah. I'm that pumped. Like it was so good. But yes, we can we can move forward. Well, I mean, it was a cool scene. So he makes this, you know, the the guy says, you know, do you like to wager? And he does it. It's so many cool Western one-liners, like whatever he says, like if I can. I don't leave it to chance. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I mean, so the guy kills one of the Gamorians, and and shit hits the fan, and then they're outside, and like, um, what happens now? He just he he he. Ba- well, we should talk about the plot a little bit. So basically, the plot of this episode is Mando has to. He's he's trying to track down the other Mandalorians, right? Because he he needs to return this guy to the Jedi or others of his uh, kin. Uh, we'll find to out. Enemy more. sorcerers, to which is a sorcerers. line that I always come back to. I'm like, that's so cool. Enemy sorcerers. I love Sorry. that nobody else in the universe. No, nobody. <laughs> thank else you for that, sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Nobody else yeah. in the Star Wars universe knows or cares at all about the Jedi or Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's like basically how we probably talk about Scientology like oh those guys like (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know like um so yeah basically so he he needs to find hope (laughs) right right so he needs to find um he needs to find Mandalorians and and so basically this guy tells him uh they're on Tatooine so Troy I'll go to you when he said there's one on Tatooine I know how I felt in that moment because I think all Star Wars should be on Tatooine that's the best that's the best place. Um, what, 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 what were you thinking? Did you kind of know where this was going? I, I mean, that's when I started putting two and two together because he says uh, he's on Tatooine. I've seen him at Mos Pelgo, which is in, in the Chuck Wendig aftermath book, which came out around the time of uh, force awakens. Um, and so, so that's when I started putting two and two together. Like, Oh, we're going to start seeing certain characters that I'm sure we'll talk about in a second here. Um, 
that it, it was good foreshadowing there. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, you know, the, the other thing that kind of went through my head is like, oh, this is another one of those where everything that was in the trailer, we're going to see in the first episode. Like they only cut the trailer yep. from the yep. first episode yep. that we never see anything else past this point. Right. And I love so, that. Uh, I, I was love excited that. about that. Yeah. I love that because it, because it, it, now going into like episode two, we just don't know like anything. Um, so, okay. Uh, Abigail, any other uh, final stuff on, on this opening scene? We haven't even got to the opening credits yet. And we're like, nothing other time. than that. John Leguizamo's uh, character had like Donald Trump hair. So you just knew he was the bad guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. I don't trust him already. Um, yeah, I was like, eh, um, cool. So, Basically, from there, we are now going to be with Mando uh, heading in the Razor Crest, which I am quite fond of that ship. Um, we're going to be seeing a lot of, like, they need to sell these things. We're going to see a lot of Razor Crest this year. There's going to be a whole episode of just, like, it's going to be, like, uh, Cribs with the Razor Crest or something. It's going to be, like, a, a whole thing. Um, <laughs> so he's heading to Tatooine, gets back to Moss Eisley. Some really good stuff in this scene. Ryan, I'll throw to you. Uh, what, what do you think? Okay, so I out loud clapped and cheered when he landed, and out came Peli Motto. Yeah. Uh, so when she came out, and you could tell that time definitely has passed, and they, they respect each other because they, they had banter. It wasn't mm -hmm. so much him getting like in her face and being like, get those droids away from my ship. It was more like, yeah, let the droids have at it. How's it going? Here's the baby. You know, get reacquainted. Let's all have a good time. And their banter back and forth was so good. It just like it already like like I it just felt like I was home again, like already like that's the kind of feeling Mandalorian gives me from like oh we're already doing throwbacks to season one and yet now I already feel like so comfortable and and warm and and welcome and I'm just getting a big hug from all my favorite characters and ah dude this show yeah <laughs> blows my mind that... like that it, yeah go ahead Abby I was gonna say I think that's because Amy Sedaris as that character is like so maternal and quirky and loving and warm that it gives you that feeling of like, yeah, it's like a weird aunt or someone I'm related to. I honestly, <laughs> yeah. I have, we'll get into the MVP of the episode at some point, but when she says, if this thing ever divides or spawns, I will pay gladly for its offspring. <laughs> Again, it's so funny. Was that a gremlins joke they were making? Like it, it, like <laughs> it wasn't, if he ever grows up and makes another one, it was like, Hey, if you ever accidentally, you know, Wait. Drop some water on them. Like if you if you ever take them to uh, I don't know uh, the 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 forest moon of Endor and it rains and he starts multiplying. I need I need to keep. Orders. I want two. Yeah, Amy Sedaris. Yeah. Great. Um, and then the R five unit. I mean, yeah. It's just great. It's it's just like such a. It's like here's a little piece of Star Wars candy. I'll take that. Thank you, um, Troy. There's a lot of those little like the little bits of fan service that. Uh -huh. It's it's only it's not it's not hammering things on the head fan service like it's just like if you recognize that R five droid with the bad motivator that's blown then you know that that's R five like you know that that's R five D four and you know that in the book he sacrifices himself in order to uh, allow R two D two to go to Luke Skywalker because he knows and like all the all of that lore. <laughs> Right. It goes into your head. If you don't, you're like, man, that droid is slow. And Amy Sedaris <laughs> is really giving him shit right now. Right. And that's, that's the way that it should be. Like, in the service of the story, yeah. like, it's it's really helping things move along. But at the same time, you know, the, the four of us are going, oh, my God, it's R5. Look at uh, him. He looks just like I think he would look. The same. 
He's dirty. And he's on Tatooine. And there's lots of It's the details of where he's dirty, right? Because he's got like the the scar almost from the uh, crap. What's that thing called? Their little thing that they put in him. Yeah, so you see the little scar from that. And then, you know, you see the the motivator where it's been replaced. Uh, Yeah, just cool stuff. You're right. It's not heavy handed. It's like perfect. It's yeah, like perfect. It's great. It's a, that's and a they cool do that scene. a lot through this episode. Like, and I'm sure we'll get to that too. But there's all those little things where if you know, you know, and if you don't, it's fine. Like they just keep moving yep. and they don't care. You yeah. know, somebody yeah. earlier, was, somebody earlier was asking me if you're not a big Star Wars fan, will you enjoy Mandalorian? I think there is standalone enjoyment to come from this show. Obviously, the more versed you are in Star Wars lore, the more you're going to get out of it. Um, so, and I think that's really a clever way to make the show. It's not, it doesn't isolate you from, from, you know, if you've never, if you're just new to star Wars or Mm -hmm. you're just getting caught up in the Mandalorian hype, um, you can get in there and enjoy it. But, um, stuff like that. And like, you guys go deeper than I do. Like Troy's talking about stuff. I'm like, I didn't book there's a book they make books about star wars i do that a lot yeah <laughs> troy i i was one of the people going oh that's a slow droid uh so <laughs> your your level of enrichment like however much you know about it you'll just you'll get more probably out of it and if you don't know you'll still enjoy it so i think that's one of the great things um yeah yeah go for it oh no i'm just i'm absolutely i'm just agreeing i'm i have nothing to really add because yeah, it was fantastic. I'm so, agreeing. so basically, let's talk about what happens during that scene. So, she brings out R five specifically to talk about this map, right? Because um, he's looking uh, for Mal's Pelgo. That's what it's called, right? Um, and I've never really thought about Tatooine as a planet with like multiple, you know, towns. I've always been like, yeah, Tatooine. There's like three places. There's Mos Eisley, and then there's wherever they did the, you know, the pod racing, and then there's like Mos where Luke Esther. lived. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. But um, uh, it's a big old sandy planet. There's plenty of, of uncharted space. Um, so he gets this map, and he says, you know, okay, I'm just gonna go. And she's like, hey, they're gonna see the Razor Crest. Then he asks for the speeder bike, and there's something about seeing a speeder bike go through Tatooine through the desert. That's just, it's the most star Wars that you can feel as a human being. Like, I don't know. Like (laughs) Abby kept clapping. (laughs) She's clapping for the speeder bike. Um, so, um, so yeah. And then he, so he goes right. And it's like this desolate rundown town. He starts talking to this bartender. I thought that was a really cool scene. Again, you get those Western vibes and, uh, we are then introduced to uh well let me i don't want to skip too far ahead but he's asking like hey i'm looking for a mandalorian the guy's like i don't know what that is and he's like somebody who looks like me he's like oh the marshal like so you you kind of get where they're going so in walks the marshal we're meeting this new character in what is clearly boba fett's armor i think it's something as star wars fans and mando fans we all saw it coming troy your reaction to seeing boba fett's armor for the first time, not actually, but let's pretend for the first time since 1983. Um, and we're going to ignore all the expanded universe and everything that happened in the nineties. Uh, so, uh, what, wh- what'd you think? You mean we're going to ignore when Boba Fett crawls out of the Sarlacc and no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's probably, yeah. is where, where, you know, what happened. And that's we, probably we where it's know. going. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was amazing. I mean, this was sort of, you know, Abby, you, you loved them being on the speeder bike because like, that's 
that's the the western trope like here here is our hero on his horse riding across the plains and he's going to you know uh wherever his destination or wherever he's going to be a hero yeah and the speeder bike is is perfect or the blurgs in season one you know they're on the blurgs for like five minutes and you love every damn minute of it um and so so yeah so he gets to this bar with the bartender that you mentioned craig uh, who just happens to be played by the bartender from Deadwood. So already you're kind of going, oh, I know what's about to happen. <laughs> I still Damn. didn't know what was about to happen, and I should have started putting the pieces together, but we're, we're about yeah. to get there. So, so yeah, so in walks this guy who is obviously wearing uh, Boba Fett's armor, but it doesn't quite fit him, and he doesn't quite know how to wear it, and he's just got like his civilian garb underneath. And yep. uh, so, somebody online referred to it as like when you went out on Halloween on a cold winter like in Colorado and you had to put your ski parka under your uh, mm-hmm. costume. Like, yep. That's kind of yep. how it looks. Um, so so there was that sense of like, oh, dude, that's Boba Fett's arm or armor. Oh, dude, that's not Boba Fett. And then you start putting two and two together and you go, oh, that, that's going to be Cobb Vanth. It's going to be the book coming to life. And the story group wins again. Thank goodness there is a Lucasfilm story group to keep track of all of this stuff because sure, I'm I had chime in. I don't know what you're talking guy. about, but we're going to get there. OK, yes, <laughs> we're going to get there <laughs> because my reaction and I'm going to cut to Abby is, oh, that's not Boba Fett. That's he's too tall and thin to be Boba he's too Fett. Tall. <laughs> he's too tall and thin. Um, too tall, too thin. He starts talking. And I had heard about this casting, but I had kind of put it out of my head. I, I was like, oh, what's that voice? I know that voice. That's a voice I know. The reveal, Cobb Vanth, Timothy Oliphant. Um, he's, I think, one of my favorite actors. And between Justified and Deadwood and now this, he's like all-time marshal like that's just what he does like you need somebody to come clean up your town uh <laughs> carrying a carrying a six shooter on his hip this is the guy uh abby what would you think of this casting it, amazing the only just the only issue i had is that no one's hair looks that amazing when you take a mandalorian <laughs> helmet off Timothy his hair, right? does. yeah that's tim that's, that's tim timmy so such a slender, handsome man and just really, really took that role into a place that was like, oh, this is the only Marshall I've ever known. And he should play every Marshall in every movie moving right. forward. Right. Um, the way that he worked through tensions with like the uh, opposing groups, um, like the people who were native to the town versus the um, uh, Tuscan Raiders, like all of those things. It was just like it's like watching a really good Western, but obviously in the the star wars universe and i i really liked seeing him take that role and it was kind of weird jarring at first because it's like oh this is not the person this is not boba fett obviously he doesn't fit in that so something's going on right that's exactly that's what i thought when i saw ryan you like you like boba fett and boba fett armor I do also like Boba Fett and Boba Fett armor. Uh, and I'm, I apologize to anyone listening who's not part of the Ghostbusters fan community, but he did kind of remind me in that outfit as a cross between Pierce Brosnan and Fernando from Go- from our Ghostbusters fan community because <laughs> of that dang scarf and really good hair. Uh, and I also do imagine that the inside of his helmet probably smells like hair products. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Uh, but I, I love that character. I really enjoyed that character because usually that type of character in any other show whether it be something like Walking Dead or just anything else, really, I would probably hate him. You'd probably wish he was just dead because they're usually played as jerks and not really helpful. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, where he was kind of completely the opposite of what that usual trope would be. Right. Yeah. Um. Before we go any further, uh, Troy, so this character's name 
is not Bob Cobb, which is what I want to keep calling him, but that's from Seinfeld. <laughs> Cobb Vanth. Um, this is a character that's been established in some of the recent Star Wars novels. Uh, you seem to be up to date on that. So could you give us, uh, take us to school is what I'm asking you. And not the school that is going to be attacked by the crate Dragon. The school of Star Wars information is where I'd like to go right now. Correct. School. Yeah. So uh, one of the tie-in novels that came out in 2015, maybe 2016, was Aftermath, which dealt with after Return of the Jedi, like that period of time now in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens that that uh, hasn't been explored. And there's like three or four different side stories. I mean, the, the majority of it is is focused on um, the Wexley family, which is Greg Grunberg's uh, character in, in okay. Force Awakens. Um, but, uh, but there's this one side story that's Cobb Vant and you follow him on Tatooine and he's with another guy who I can't remember, but they do come across a, a, a sand crawler. Um, all of what you saw in the episode rings true, except that the other guy that was in the book is not there okay. or we just don't see him. He's off camera or something. Um, so it's, it's pretty, I mean, 100% like you don't actually need to read the book because when you're watching this now, you know the character, you know that his town after the Empire fell, uh, you know, it was a free-for-all and everybody was trying to claim, uh, stake their claim. Um, and uh, yeah, and and he just happens to go to the Sandcrawler with the right uh, currency or whatever right, it is right. to entice them to let, because they have all of Jabba the Hutt's uh, stuff from when he died uh, and they let him into that little section. It's like you guys' toy room. It's like yeah. Craig and Abby, it's like going into your toy room. You I want to see... Uh, a standalone episode that takes place right after the, the Java sail barge blows up and all the Jawas come in and they're, it's like American pickers with Jawas is what I want to say. <laughs> um, you know, what can I just, what I wrote down in my notebook is that the Jawa sand crawler equals a moving dumpster. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what, what it is. That that's is. what it is. Um, so, well, thank you for that, Troy. That That's some good stuff. Um, so this is kind yeah, of where they're at some point. Okay. This is what happens. Um, they're going to have a showdown. They're about to kill each other. Then the crate dragon shows up in the town and they're clearly that they immediately are both like, we have to go kill that thing. Cause that's just like, we're manly men and this is what we do. We're going to help each other kill it. And like what I like, uh, Ryan, I think you mentioned it is, a uh, uh, Cobb Vanth. Like you're like, Oh, I like this guy. He's got no ulterior motives. Like this is a, a legit guy. So they make this deal where, cause he needs the armor, right? Uh, Mando needs the uh, the uh, Boba Fett armor, um, or the Mandalorian armor. Right, but are, are we going to the flashback first? Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about, which was right, my, favorite, okay. my favorite thing. So Cobb kind of explains, this is who I am, this is why this town's this way. The, there was an Imperial occupation, they all gathered at the bar to watch the uh, the second Death Star explode, like <laughs> like like a sporting event, which is my favorite thing ever. I like that there was mm -hmm. a, like a live feed, like there was some people streaming the 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 like, you know, we've got our heroes inside the Death Star. You've got the traumatic story of Luke Skywalker convincing his father to turn back to the light and kill the Emperor and save humanity as we know it. And then there's a bar full of people at Tatooine go blow that I have to say that's going to be all of Canada, yeah. uh, probably on Tuesday next week. <laughs> yes. Abby, I like that. Hey, don't change the channel. Put on the war. Put the war back on. Put the war back on. Did America blow up? Let's find out. 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, I like that. And then he kind of tells the story of like how he got the armor. These Jawas picked him up. He traded him. They were like, hey, well, you've got all these crystals. We'll give you this dumb, we'll give you a crappy gun. These Jawas are, you know, they're, they're swindlers. Um, and yeah. then he, he gets the armor. Um, and then he, he kind of comes back to that town. Troy, you were just mentioning once the, uh, once the Imperials left, it, the town was kind of raided and taken over, turned into slavery. Um, and he kind of comes to help, you know, clean things up. Um, and that's kind of who Cobb Vanth is. You kind of learn that. Uh, I like the flashback. I thought that was a really cool way to to give his backstory without, you know, having to dedicate like a whole single episode to it. I, I feel like I learned everything I needed to learn right in that moment. Yeah, and that's kind of what they did in Sanctuary too. Like you learn about the occupation uh, very quickly and and succinctly. You don't have to read the whole Chuck Wendig novel. You've you've got it right there. Um, but, uh, but and, I mean, I, I don't want to take us down another tangent here, but did Please anybody do. get thrown? Uh, so the entire first season, uh, Pedro Pascal sounds like he is channeling his inner Timothy Oliphant, like the entire <laughs> time that he's behind the mask. Yeah. And so I, I took the screen grab and I'll, I'll share it with you guys later, but like the two of them are talking to each other and it's almost like it was a weird sort of fan fiction thing that had happened in my head where it was like, Oh, that's who I pictured under the armor talking to the guy in the armor. And it was like, right, right. Abby, I see you reacting to this. Did you have that same? I, I said two Mandos at once. Can Ryan handle it? Because I had that same moment where I was like, this is like at the same time, very similar. Yeah. I picked up on it too, Troy. Right. Yeah. It was good. I mean, it's the great. answer it, is no, by the way. You can't handle it. That's you perfect. Couldn't, you couldn't handle it. You went up in the like, sky like, Today, I needed to calm down. I started running a bath in like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was perfect casting. I think Timothy, like, and hopefully, I'm sure he'll, you know, pop, this is kind of what they do in Mandalorian. They introduce some characters. You don't see them for a while. They pop back in. Um, I, I thought it was great. So where are we now? So the crate Dragon shows up. They decide, okay, we're going to, we're going to take care of that. They go to, I, I'm, I know they go to, to, to see it a couple times. Oh, this is where they both get on their speeder bikes. They're kind they of both doing, on their speeders. They're going to do yeah. like a recon mission. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk. Can uh, we talk about the other speaker, like the other speeder bike uh, for one minute? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, That's yeah. what I wanted to talk about. Cause yeah. they, right when I saw it, I just started going to my. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if it breaks down, he's just going to flick some switches, push a button. Yeah. And he's just like, and he's good. But I, I love that. It looked like hot. Like it looked like, Either that's what they make pod racers out of, or he made that out of a pod racer. It right, could go right. either way, and it was a great little. Again, it's one of those Easter eggs that's not like heavy-handed. It's just if you if you didn't never watch the prequels, you would just think, "Wow, that's a cool bike." And but it looks exactly us, like Anakin's. Like, did you notice yeah. that, Ryan? Like, it looks like Anakin's yep. pod. Which yeah. I was. Did they did they scavenge that from somewhere? Is that something that's been a, a trade that's been sold around Tatooine for? I don't God know. Knows hey, how Abby. Long? Maybe it's the, it's the yeah. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, go I, ahead. I was gonna say maybe My Abby's mess. Abby's friend behind him behind her. Oh, ask maybe, Watto. <laughs> maybe Watto. I was knows. gonna say maybe <laughs> Watto knows. No, I was actually gonna say how Chloe is the person that I've been talking to as my backup fact checker man. Um, and he, I think he said that the pod racer was the same, but it was a different color. It's not. It's red, not yellow, but it's very close. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's been like 40 years, so probably <laughs> did yeah, get yeah, confused, yeah. right? There's two suns. Yes. When you sun fade on Tatooine, it's it double time even. Um, but yeah, maybe Watto's just uh, <laughs> scrapping up all those old uh, 
pod race. Did you recognize it, Water? Hey, it won the Bunta Eve. Here, trade me some Nubian. He beats the Morba. Oh. <laughs> I sold it to a guy from the Deadwood. <laughs> the mother, yeah. she didn't want it. <laughs> I knew he wasn't a man, though. Um, I won it from a Jedi. Very sneaky. <laughs> he was a too pretty to be a Mandalorian. Uh, um, <laughs> he sold me the boy. I lost the boy. He fixed all of my droids. I got the pod. I can't drive the pod. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Water's going to be joining us every week. We, we like our little special <laughs> special guest characters here. Um, so, well, if somebody can make a a hat uh, for Watto that. That little hat that he wears. Oh, his little like yeah. dish. His, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. As a Goldberg, I take offense to some of Watto's characteristics. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I'm just putting it out. As there. a Benjamin, I'm there with you. I'm white. We had eight days of presents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> hey. Hey, it's fun. He's part of my tribe. Um. Okay. Cool. So, we uh we love we love Watto, and we maybe we, I have a feeling if they're on tattooing this much in the show, he, he's gonna make some sort of appearance at some point. Um, they're gonna go to Watto's grave. <laughs> There's gonna be like a, a story like he was a great man with a chance his- cube on his grave. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his his tombstone. Here lies Watto. His Jedi tricks don't work on him. Um, so yeah, love that speeder bike. They go do this recon mission. Um, and there's a funny line about the Sarlacc pit. Cause I think we're all thinking Sarlacc at some point, like, cause I wasn't up to date on the history of the crate dragon. Apparently in a new hope, you see C3PO, uh, on one of the sand dunes near where there's like skeletal remains of a crate dragon. So Troy, were you, were you familiar with these dragons and you hear it? Um, so when Obi-Wan shows up to scare away the sand people, you hear the crate dragon scream and that's changed a couple of times throughout the different versions of the films. But the one that they used in Mandalorian is the one that's in the current 1997 version of, of a new hope. So that crate dragon is what Obi-Wan uses to scare the, the sand people away. Okay. Which, uh, cool. so, so you hear that when they're in the town too. It's, it's pretty awesome. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought that was great. I mean, what a cool, uh, I mean, it, you know, in the vein of Tremors or Dune or Beetlejuice uh, or anytime. You, I mean, Abby, you, you were pretty excited about it. Yeah, I started screaming Dune. I was like, oh, I want to talk to Hal about this. When they there was a specific moment when they said that the uh, they whatever's under there could sense the vibrations of the ship. That's mm-hmm. very similar to the way that the sandworms do. So I did not know what this creature was going to be. And it was really exciting for me to see the shape of it coming up through uh, the sand. And um, obviously the reveal of it itself. My first thought was, I was like, I hope this is like a has lab. Like this is the next thing, the big <laughs> thing that we can buy. Yes. I'm so envious too. of you too. You keep buying all the HasLab stuff. I, I want that. Uh, I want to I go mean, through there. I, I think the Razor hey. Crest is a must, but he, the Razor oh, I told Ryan. Keep doing I'm, these and we'll buy one. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> I'll ask Wado. Okay. Um, Republic <laughs> credits. Ah. <laughs> Only had um, so they kind of hatched this plan, right? Where, where they're like, we're, we're not going to be able to do this on our own. Um, 
this kind of I, I think it was in season one where you know the the sand people have kind of had this bad rap and now we've got like this different viewpoint of them mando can communicate with them which is really cool when he shows up when the the dogs come out i'm gonna call them dogs you know sand people dogs uh troy you're raising they're your called hand. massives thank you thank you, thank you. <laughs> i love that abby knew that that was so hot uh, thank you. Uh, I asked Hal Clay, but I told Hal Clay. Hal Clay's getting a lot of uh, uh, shout outs tonight. I told him, I know he's not walking. Okay. I, I said that tonight I'm Abigail Gardner brought to you by Hal Clay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Troy, um, <laughs> he goes and talks to the Sam people, starts communicating with them. Um, I thought this stuff was really cool and kind of actually tapped into some, like, it wasn't like overly, like, you know, social issues, but there is an overarching story in this episode of like, Hey, two groups of people who hate each other, who maybe they don't even know why they hate each other. They just do because they're supposed to can actually work together. Like, did you get any of those vibes? Yeah. I mean, it's the second time that he's dealt with the sand people too. And he's using like the sign language to talk to them. He knows like that they need to barter in order to get across their territory in the first season. Um, and so this this time he goes and he's trying to figure out where this crate dragon is from. And I'm guessing that that conversation that's happening fireside is like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've been trying to kill that thing for generations. Uh, our, our people have not been able to do it. Um, and so it's it's pretty cool to to see that happen. And then, you know, the, it it also sort of lends a little bit of. Um, I mean, it's a later scene, but when they when they're traveling through that canyon and they have the. And shoot, I wish I knew the name. Like the creatures that you actually see in Attack of the Clones, uh, where uh, Anakin goes and he slaughter I slaughtered the women and the children. That whole sequence. And they're puppy dogs um, too. And they're puppy dogs. I killed all the puppies. Nobody cared about the puppies, Anakin. Of course not. Apparently not. Um, Wait a minute. Hold but- on one second. <laughs> this is the. F- we're gonna do a new thing. Anytime Attack of the Clones is mentioned, we're gonna do this. Yeah, I like it. Um, That's my favorite movie. I I did that for Ryan. I did that for Ryan. But you know, the the thing about this is that it it makes Attack of the Clones a better movie because now you feel for the Sand People. You see this 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 uh, village, this little um, like tribe that they have uh, with all of their cool huts and the the dog creatures that they have. and it's like now you you get a sense of geography as to what Anakin was doing. It's like they have that time that they can be spending that that Attack of the Clones didn't didn't do. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was cool to to see that happen again. And and even later down the road, you know, um, where the 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 one Tuscan Raider drops the explosive and it turns into this heated moment, and you see uh, Cobb Vanth go up and be like, "It was an accident," and it's like, "Oh, he's now realizing that they can get along and they can uh, work toward a, a common goal too." So, just very, very cool character development on that sense uh, for for Cobb to do that. But yeah, it yeah. was awesome. I love seeing the Tuscan yeah. Raiders too. Oh, they're great. That's one of my favorite Cobb moments is the one that you mentioned, and uh, and again, like as as. People may not know Tuscan Raiders. I, I love them. I think they always look cool. I always thought they were pretty badass. Uh, to so to even get even more depth into the Tuscan Raiders and seeing them with their you know with their 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 banthas and they're all going down single file, you know to uh, to the back to the town uh, because they're just recruited the village. Uh, and by the way, that moment when they're all at the fire and he's like, and you know when they're playing with their toys that are to scale. Which they yes. even mentioned. 
Like, yeah. you know, I love that's not that. the scale. Oh, that's not the scale. That's the scale. That's and that. I was like, oh, these guys watch toy anxiety. This is great. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, and, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Right? So, and, but to see them kind of be like, you know, when he does that, that, which I thought was a really funny moment, was like, oh, there we go. Where are we getting the recruits from? I just volunteered your village. Huh? <laughs> and he has that that face of like, oh God, what what? <laughs> I'm supposed to be just... protecting these people. <laughs> um, I do like the idea that he showed up and like he like it kind of it makes you realize how like badass and respected and tough this armor is because it's like he's wearing like two th- like a helmet and a vest and they're like he could be our marshal. Look at him, he's got this all this gear on. He's invincible. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, Abby, before we go any further, uh, looks like the chat, there's some stuff going on in there. Uh, yeah, I banned somebody. There was some, like, there was a troll in here that clearly has some issues that they need to work through at some point. Yeah, there and you go. we're not here for helping them with that. <laughs> we're dealing with a lot of that this week. We got enough issues as it is. I know, look at us. Yeah, dude, there's enough going on right now. Uh, you can take that somewhere else. Thank yeah. you. Um, Abby, any questions or commentary from the chat that we need to address right now? We are going to be doing some Q&A a little bit later. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I actually have been saving some of the quality comments. Uh, Brandon Whitmore early on said that this episode was like Three Amigos meets Tremors, okay. which I think is I like a good that. I like comparison. That. Yeah. Um, Tony Taylor jumped on a little while ago and said, just got here a bit late, had to buy some Reeboks. Just so you know, Craig, he got the Reeboks. And I, I did not. Tell you that. So congratulations <laughs> on the Reeboks. Congrats on the Reeboks. Um, so, um, okay, cool. Well, we'll come back for some more questions here in a little bit. We'll do some uh, Q&A there at the end. Um, okay, cool. So they have this little town hall meeting. They instruct them that, hey, we're volunteering you guys to uh, work with the sand people. Nobody's happy about it. But then they kind of make that speech of like, uh, or, or or Bob Cobb, as I call him, says, uh, listen, uh, the, the crate dragon has always existed and it keeps showing up and it's not going to be long before it kills somebody or God forbid goes to the school, uh, the Tatooine school. I want to know what kind of history they're teaching at the Tatooine school. Um, I wonder if it's like my history books from high school where like I graduated in Oh two, our history books kind of stopped around 96. So like, I wonder if like the history books at the Tatooine high school are like, uh, uh, you know, and then it was like when the first Death Star blew up, it just kind of ends there. Like everything was <laughs> fine after that. Um, <laughs> but that's another story for another day. Um, so they put this plan together. They get the Tusken Raiders or the Sand People, I should say. Uh, and they they kind of arm up with. They've got these bombs. Uh, and they the poor Banthas in this episode. <laughs> It just really One of them gets their teeth brushed, which I thought was a yeah. cool, like they're using that the gaffy stick to brush the teeth of the bantha. Oh man. Yeah. Helping them out. That. Oh, even hygiene. that first bantha. Yeah. That, uh, that first bantha that gets it, that was like, that actually kind of reminded me more of Jaws than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. There was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of that. Um, and so they, they kind of put this plan together. Now, one thing I will say, we're going to, we're going to reveal our favorite child moments, our favorite baby Yoda moments here in a bit kind of not doing much in this episode, kind of just hanging out, you know, watching everything as it goes down. Didn't get involved. Didn't have to force heal anybody. Um, so, um, I'm sure he'll, he'll get more, uh, more screen time as we go on. He's the golden ticket (laughs) as they say. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, so then they kind of go into battle. They're going to draw out this, uh, 
crate dragon and and try to take care of it. So this is kind of I, I, before we get to that. Did we miss any important plot points before we get to that final uh, final scene or final battle? I should say. Tusk Raiders mm. teaming up with the peoples. They're going off to the cave. Yeah. Buddy sleeping. It. Yeah, I think we're good. Cool. Yeah, cool. that's it. All right, well, let's talk about it. Is the the last fifteen minutes of this episode were were incredible, and the, the last fifteen minutes are why I gave it the ten out of ten because there's just a couple moments that are like, oh, Star Wars, holy shit! I really like Star Wars. I hope they keep doing <laughs> these. Um, so, uh, Troy, I'm going to throw to you. What uh, what do you think of this this battle uh, to to kill the dragon? I mean, yeah, this is uh, this is video game storytelling at its finest. It was like they're at the boss, uh, the big boss level, and everybody's trying to figure out what the pattern is and and uh, and time the the explosion at the exact right time. That I, I loved um, a little a shade of Men in Black in there that he gets eaten by the creature and has to uh, explode from the inside at yep. the very end. But yep. um, but yeah, I mean, it it was awesome. I mean, and and that's kind of like again why the the episodes in the first season I enjoyed so much because here's this team of people that doesn't necessarily, they're not trained for combat. They're not trained like the Mandalorian to do this kind of thing, but they have to take down an ATST. And now in this one, it's like, here's a, a, a group of people living in Freetown or whatever they nickname it. Uh, and, and Tuscan Raiders having to come together to kill this gigantic thing that can climb hills and spit disgusting bile at people that I, was it acidic? That was it I melting? Think it was. Did you guys? By the yeah. way, I yeah. like that. What if it was Silvertown and it was Joe dirt fight teaming up with the Mandalorian? <laughs> <Fight>. <laughs> that, that's what I, that's, that's my little dream. Um, uh, when he got eaten, uh, Allison, he kind of, they kind of go underground. It goes quiet for a bit. Yeah, I was expecting the uh, the second time I was watching it, I was expecting the phone to ring from Jurassic Park three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Walsh's ringtone. Helen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is my Jacob Walsh moment of the yeah. night. Um, so it's uh, Jake. so the so their team they're they're trying to take it down. Uh, they've got this plan to kind of blow it up. Uh, you know, they've got some explosives buried underground. It doesn't work like they think. It comes out of the top of the mountain. It's behind them. It's got some sort of underground corridor that's pretty badass. Um, the scene where Mando and Cobb Vanth, I'm going to get his name right, uh, both take off on their jetpacks. Again, I was like, want to see in star wars this is like i and it's hard to kind of even articulate what it is because it's not like we have never seen people fly before but oh we haven't even talked about this rocket firing boba fett uh yeah Yeah. like by the way where does he get the how does he reload those missiles does he have a backstock i want to know um Uh, but um i'm gonna need the original uh rocket firing boba fett prototype now does anybody have a half a million dollars i could borrow real quick um so abby what'd you think of this scene um i loved it i mean it was a climactic huge ending um to the episode and like i said it like that reveal of the crate dragon and seeing it come out of the top of that mountain thing reminded me of like it made me want a toy set honestly where like you could do that and like make it happen but it felt like huge level like lord of the rings smog like hobbit type stuff um to have the battle happen the way it did and also the the moment when um, when Mando's like explaining to uh, the marshal that like he's just when he basically figures out that he can do the thing with the bantha um, and sees all the explosives, he's like, you know, hey, just 
just trust me, let me do my thing here. And like, then they have a very, very perfect exchange back and forth. And, right. um, it's, so it's he's like, like, take care of the child. And he hits the thing and it goes flying. I love yeah, that. He's like, I've got an idea. It's like, and it's attention. Yeah. yeah. Then he's like, yeah. I got its attention. It's awesome. It's, it's a yeah. really good moment. I, back I like how that the, the hitting of the pack was something that he knew to do. So it's, it doesn't make what happened Return of the Jedi seem so random. Right, you know what I mean? Like right. when when Han just kind of hits it in the side and he goes flying. And then to see, you know, Din do the same thing. They're like, hey, just get out of here. Ping. Pew. Right. And he's gone. Dude. Awesome. I think I just knocked over some toys. I got so excited. But that's yeah. okay. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, you know, it's that to me, I thought that just kind of, that justified what happened to Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi. Right. What I love, by the way, let's, cut back to return of the Jedi real quick blind Han Solo handcuffed behind his back going Boba Fett Boba Fett this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever that's also being Star Wars um Can so I, uh, I just Craig, to bring I, that I just up real something quick. too yeah uh, so so the other thing that this this sequence does and it, it's a lot it, it made me respect Rogue One a lot too when you saw like the ground troops having to fight an ad at and it gave you a sense of like scale of how big this damn thing was that they were fighting um mandalorian has been so good at doing that like giving you a sense of scale making something feel terrifying like even in the first season they made a super battle droid feel menacing and and intimidating like a damn terminator and you're thinking like in the prequels those things were just wasted left and right um but in this like when they're on the ground level and there's that shot where the the crate dragon like comes out over top of them in slow motion and that like overcranked shot and you're just like oh my god this thing is huge and it's going to kill them all it they're doing such a great job about that i i love what they're doing with this uh, in the series yeah it's good that, that the entire ending battle was great and it, it kind of it is a self-contained thing like you None of it was surprising. It wasn't surprising that they teamed up to take it down, that blew it up. It wasn't surprising when Mando was in his mouth. Like you, you kind of saw it all unfolding, but it it was, it was still very satisfying. The 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 conclusion and really like, I think we're gonna look back at this episode at the end of this season, and it's going to be very much like this is almost like a. a uh, a prologue or, or, or kind of a preamble, if you will. Right. Like this is kind of setting the tone for a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the season. Um, so, um, anyways, uh, I don't know. We're going to go into our other categories right now. Any other final thoughts on the episode, Ryan? Um, I want to give this one to Troy because well, we, do, we do have to but, talk about the last thing in the episode. We the, do have to talk about the last, thing. last thing. Kind of so big thing. I'm actually going to just go like we see, I like seeing, you know, him getting, giving the armor to man, like to Din and Din goes off and, uh, Troy, I want I want to hear your thoughts first before mine of that last cliffhanger shot that we see in, in the episode. Uh, I don't know what thoughts I have. Like it was, <laughs> it was one of those where you're like, okay, if obviously he somehow got out of the Sarlacc, um, uh, I mean, we, we, we can, Bo, Boba Fett, it's tomorrow Morrison, Morrison, uh, who played Jango Fett in uh, Attack of the Clones? Cue the sound effect. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 um, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, I don't remember. Hold for sound. Hold. Uh, this is a different yeah. one. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's more um, like I'm the Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Wiz. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. Keep going. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, so so you see him turn around and he's got the gaffy stick and and a staff and he's he's obviously got some sort of you know damage from slowly digesting in the sarlacc uh, stomach for how many years he was in there. Um, I mean, I know it's inevitable. I, I had a feeling, and especially in season one, there's a shot where Fennec Strand, the like she you think she's dead and then you see the like feet come up and they have that same sort of spurs sound effect that Boba Fett had when he was walking. Right. Um, so I, I knew somehow, some way, somehow Boba Fett was going to factor into this, but I didn't know that it was going to be the actual Boba Fett, like a clone of, of Django Fett um, right. or, or a clone or a clone at all. Like I didn't expect to see a Tamora Morrison actually show up in, uh, in the flesh. And this one will yeah. eventually attack. We are going to see an attack of a clone. There will be an attack of a clone. <laughs> Finally, but, but Finally. like, but Ryan, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think he wants? Like, Boba Fett has been just hanging out on Tatooine for God knows how long without his armor. Is he just trying to get his armor back? Because he could have taken it from Cobb Vanth at any point, probably. So what? what is I, he I was doing thinking there. I was thinking multiple things because I already noticed that, like, in the first season of Mandalorian, in Episode Two, it had a very much of a vibe of Jawas of Doom, which is an old Marvel comic of Star Wars. So now I'm really reaching. I'm going like into deep nerd cred here. And in that, that's kind of like the post Return of the Jedi Tatooine comic where Boba Fett, you know, skyrockets out and uh, he gets, he kind of crash lands. He's knocked out, but the Jawas find him. So I was kind of thinking maybe that's kind of what happened where he, they found him knocked out and they thought he was dead. So they just stripped him of his armor and took off and he's never been able to find his armor since. And I thought maybe he kind of started hanging out with some Tuscans. Like, cause he's kind of wearing the same kind of outfit and he's, he's got, got the Tuscan weapon and his he's got, Yeah. He's got the yeah. Tuscan weapon. Yeah, for sure. Right. So I was thinking maybe, and now he's like, that's where my shit is. <laughs> that guy right there has got my shit. Right. And so <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that, that leads guy to the, other the thing. way like, cooler Mandalorian armor's got my not as good. That guy from Deadwood's armor. got my shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that handsome Marshall. Uh, Man, I bet you my helmet smells so nice. <laughs> Bullock, bumbling, bumbling. Whoa, LA looks over there. Um, I, I thought so, Abby. I want to cut to you. Um, they reveal obviously it's we, we're all assuming that's Boba Fett. It'd be a really weird <laughs> like if it was just one of the. Some bonus. other random clone. Like, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Um. But Adam, that's what I'm thinking too. What is? Uh, I think Boba Fett. It's sometimes polarizing. What What is your opinion of that character in Star Wars? Honestly, I'd say probably overrated because that's just my feeling. He's never really been my like go to favorite. Um, I know his screen time's a little bit limited, but I like him. I mean, it was cool to see him in this in this way, but it's it's not like um, I wasn't like super uh, excited. It wasn't like the the biggest thing for me, honestly. To, well, that's uh, that's an important distinction. I, I think you guys just hit on it. We're just assuming it's Boba Fett. Like right. we don't know that it's Boba Fett. It could be any other clone. It could be because the other thing too that somebody pointed out. I can't take credit for this. It was in social media somewhere, but. Um, the the clones age like how come boba fett looks so young if that's boba fett that doesn't make any sense because captain rex aged and uh when when jango had himself cloned to be boba he obviously wanted him to have a natural lifespan so by this point he should be a lot right. older so but there's, the clones too i don't know the clones that were troopers had an accelerated growth hormone right right and that's that how they the were able to produce sentence so i've ever heard 
But you know what? You shut up, Craig. We're on a midnight your... show talking about the Mandalorian. What are you talking about, Craig? I, yeah, exactly. I, I, so I to call when you have clones, when you have clones that have accelerated talk. growth, and he wanted an untampered clone to be his son, which was Boba. Yes. Uh, there's no reason why Boba can't look that good at 40. I'm 40. I look 23. Oh, do you think is it forty? Because I would, I would think he's like in his sixties at that point. No, Wouldn't well, let's he be like same thing. Day? Forty, sixty, we all like deteriorate on, by the on, time we're thirty. A couple things. Daniel Logan probably needs to get some work, so let's get him in the show somehow. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not dealing with a five foot three skinny <laughs> boba. No, there's no. So does Jeremy Bullock, and I would love to see Jeremy Bullock be in something again too. But by the way, you're right, exactly. By the way, um, somebody in the chat earlier said that this is the first time they've ever seen Troy, and they think he looks like Edward Norton. So yes, there you go. Oh, there you go. Maybe I am. In in American History X, it's a weird um, problem. Ray Cameron said, "Yeah, Edward Norton, if he was attractive." Oh, oh, wow! A lot of Troy love tonight. This is. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Listen, uh, we we're we're gonna be wrapping up soon. We're already over an hour, but I want to say this: Return of the Jedi is about how many years before these events. Five, seven, ten? Yes, it was five five years uh, for season one. Okay, so... But I don't know where we're at at season two. Like, I don't know how much time has passed. Right. It doesn't seem like much, but it does seem like there was a passage of time. If it's right. enough time that that speeder bike can rust, yeah, uh, it's it probably been... A, a, gotta be, what, two, three years, maybe? No, I bet it's less than that. Look, th- he doesn't look a day over 52. Stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> just, but but I think uh, listen, we could talk about how old Boba Fett's supposed to be all night. We can talk about it till we're blue in the face. Um, I think we can all safely assume that's more than likely Boba Fett. And also, there's a lot more characters that we know may or may not be kind of coming in this season, and none of those were revealed as of yet. So there's some really mm-hmm. good surprises yet to yeah. come. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Cool. So uh, before hey, Craig, before collection, move on, Sasha Banks. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Troy, um, go for it. Before we move on, Robbie in the the YouTube chat pointed out something that I think we should talk about. Um, okay. At the end, after after they kill the crate dragon, yes, um, oh, there's oh, right. this moment where they're all carving through the flesh and they're looking for something, and they pull out one of the crate dragon pearls, which yes. had me like going to my visual dictionaries, like trying to figure out, like mm-hmm. I know I know where that came from, and I can't remember if it was in a video game or right or something. But this is how big Knights of a Star Wars Republic. fan I'm not, because everybody did that, and all I was thinking was, oh, this is just like Oregon Trail. They got forty thousand <laughs> pounds of crate dragon. They're only going to be able to yes. take about a hundred pounds with them on that. Uh, or they're like the Jawas, and they're like the egg, you know? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> my favorite was if you saw on the back of um of the uh speeder with um mando uh the child was there and they had that big hunk of meat and he was just touching it you know he's gonna eat all that meat yeah, that's, that's that just meat. for him let's yeah. um uh, he can yeah. force heal it he can force cook it he's like <laughs> the, the, mando's like uh medium well please hey listen let's talk Crate about this dragon tips <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> this uh uh this pearl which i think what you're getting at troy is that um are they uh, a power source for lightsabers are they kyber crystal-esque what are they eh, well so that's the thing in in 
in the extended universe, which is now Legends, like they, there was a thing that they might have been kyber crystals. They could have been what powered lightsabers. I think that's kind of been retconned now. I don't think that that's true anymore because we now know that like the planet Ilum, which turns into Starkiller Base, uh, is made of the the kyber crystals. Like what it cr what creates the power for lightsabers. Um, so there could be another use for these pearls. They could just be extremely valuable and the Tusken Raiders know that they can trade it and use it for bartering with the Jawas or bartering for something that they need. Um, but it, it, it was one of those one little bits, like I mentioned earlier, of fan service where it's like, even my, my wife was watching it with me and she's like, is that an egg? Is that a, and I'm like, I think that's a pearl. I think that they're kind of like oysters, but I got it. Mm -hmm. And I hopped up and I'm like, I'm going to go check my shelf. I got to see what that was. Yeah. Um, it's had several kind of like iterations of what it is because sometimes it was a rite of passage to find when your tribe finds one of the pearls, it became like a rite oh, of passage. Right. And then, it, it, and then in some cases it was like, if you found the pearl, you became chief of that tribe. Right. That's right. I remember right. that was... now. That's yeah. It was like a you and and they would have they would harvest them from dead crate dragons, right? Like they wouldn't try to kill the crate dragon to get it. It was something that they like found on their 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 journeys, their vision quests through the desert or something like that. Yeah. So couple, yeah. By the way, shout out. People are fawning over Troy's knowledge here. By the way, we got to do this right now. No. Troy has a brand new book uh, that just hit stores. Uh, if there are stores still, but I know it's on the internet. Yeah, Troy, first. you have to plug your book right now because God forbid we don't do that. And then I get in trouble and feel like an asshole. So uh, no, it's uh, it's incredible. Troy, I want you to talk about it real quick and then we're going to talk about it. I would never get, I, the fact that you're making, making me plug this right now, I'm like, oh geez, that's, it make, makes me feel self-conscious. No, Troy uh, is so, an author. He writes these books. You haven't done a Star Wars book yet though, have you? Yes. I know you're watching. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that all just. That just you, I like. That's like Disney knew that you were about to say something, and it like jumbled all your words. It's like, oh, he's gonna say something. Let's go. Ah, yeah, it all it all cut out. Sorry, Troy. Uh, go for it. No, so I, I wrote. Uh, I wrote a technical manual for the Marvel Cinematic Universe called the Wakanda Files, which um, I am blown away by. It is selling out all over the place so amazon right now it's back ordered and you can't get it for two to three months uh because it is it's been in such high demand so um and it's it's all of the stuff that we're talking about here on the podcast and if you listen to yes have some it's stuff that you will be into because it's that deeper dive into the lore and things that you uh love about the marvel cinematic universe um so and i mean i say this like they haven't written this for star wars uh they're like Pablo Hidalgo and Cole Horton and, and those guys, they make these amazing books. So if you're really into the lore of Star Wars and you haven't read those books, go go do that now because you owe it to yourself. Right. I have like the old technical journal from like 1996. <laughs> I think that's retconned. Yeah. Uh, I, I have, I think it's I have retconned, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the essential guide to characters, weapons and vehicles and things like that. And it's like, yep. I know that they reference that, but I don't think that that's canon anymore. But gotcha. it's, did it's anyone fine. did anyone watch the red carpet today? I missed it. I missed it. How was okay, it? so I watched it. I just want to. I thought something was really funny in there because they you got to ask Dave Filoni and John Favreau questions, and they were like, "So did you get any ideas from like the fans or any fan groups by chance?" And you could tell there's some Mando Merc there. That's like, that's it. We're gonna get justified. We're gonna get justified right now. And <laughs> Dave Filoni's like, 
Well, no, not really. I think we've got enough reference to pull from that, uh, you know, yeah. we just kind of feel like the, you know, we, we, we can give the fans something. And it's not like, like we love the enthusiasm, what the fans do. But yeah, we kind of just do our thing. <laughs> That's fine. And you could just, I, could, I heard a, a thousand, it was own. like the night of a thousand tears right. for uh, yeah. Mandalorian Mercs. I, I, it, listen, no fans should be coming up with the, if, if you watch a movie and they're like, oh, we got ideas from the fans, you, your franchise is doomed. Like I, I need yeah, writers that, and people dude, smarter than me to come up with this stuff. That was, that's seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, that's another discussion Damn. for another day. I do still believe all of that is canon um, for now. Um, okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Ryan Johnson, uh, friend of the podcast, never met him. Uh, Abigail, <laughs> we're going to move on to the uh, segments now. Um, uh, yes. Everybody, make sure if you if if it's sold out, pre-order the Wakanda Files. You can get on Amazon, Troy. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to have you back on here for, for your wealth of knowledge and friendliness. Uh, mm-hmm. you've, got, oh, thank you. you've got it all. Um, do you yeah. happen to have Reebok Ghostbusters shoes? Because I, I need those. And, I don't. You uh, were supposed to buy me a pair, and I don't think that happens. So. They sold that's how. Out. That's that's how you got Troy here. I need them. To, <laughs> listen, the bots got the shoes. I'm so upset. By the way, somebody was asking. Toy anxiety will be Monday this week. These live streams are a lot of fun, but going back to back is exhausting. So uh, we'll we'll be doing that live on Monday night. Um, okay, cool. So our first, say we're going to run through this pretty quickly because we're way over time. That is fine. Mm-hmm. We did our recap. It is now time for our baby Yoda, the child moment of the week. Our fi- he didn't have a lot of them this week, so we probably have the same stuff. Um, uh, but, uh, here we go. <laughs> I need new sound effects. I definitely, I, I love these royalty free sound effects. That's that will not get you a copyright. <laughs> oh, you know what wow. I do? Hold on. I got something that we can use here. This is going to take us through these segments. Royalty free music. Do you hear it? Ooh. I hear right. drones. Yeah. Baby Yoda moment of the week. Abby, you're up first. Dude. Uh, yes, we have a comment that says, Baby Yoda do be looking like a snack. And I agree with that. I think my favorite baby, I have a couple moments I wrote down because I couldn't decide. Okay. Um, but my absolute favorite was when Baby Yoda was around the fireplace and he's looking at the Massif, the dog creature that's like licking his lips, looking at him. And he's like, <laughs> it's very cute. And it's my favorite moment. All right. Ryan Dole. Uh, my favorite moment was when you see him having a good time on the speeder bike. His little head is out of the uh, out of the bag, and he's just having a good time. And that I thought that was super adorable. I loved it. Yes, Troy. Yeah, I'll will second that because my favorite moment in season one was when he's in IG11's like body, and his like uh, ears are flapping in the wind, and you can tell that he's like a puppy, and he loves being in the wind of the car. Yes. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was my favorite moment, and all of his little grunts, and because he was very reactionary, this stuff. So yeah, all of his little like like his little reactions to things were were awesome. Yeah, I I will second that. That was my favorite moment where he's got his head hanging out on the speeder bike. But another one, and this was in the trailer, but at the very beginning when the fight's about to break out and he's in his carriage and he's just like, bloop, I know what's about to happen. Yes, bye-bye. Um, I love yeah. that. So um, more Baby Yoda, the child moments to come. Maybe we'll learn his name this year. That's what I think was going to happen. Or they're just going to name him. They just need to name him. Um, maybe we'll we'll start getting like a poll or some sort of a pool going. Broda, yo, Broda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Um, okay, cool. Okay. Here we go. It is time. Um, that, that'll now go under Ryan Dole Legends. It won't be used. Um, this, we wreck on that, yes. Broda is non-canon. All right, Abigail. Uh, yeah. Cre- creature count. This is your segment. Oh, new creatures. All right. There was several new creatures in this episode. Uh, a kangaroo-like mouse that has a pig snout. It's called a scurrier. I had to look that up. I thought it was a a womp rat, but it's not. It's a scurrier. They're very cute, and I want one. Uh, (laughs) Another new creature that we had was the crate dragon, which we've all talked about. Uh, Beyond that, there's the massive, which is the dog beast, which is the uh, the companion to the... uh, the, You're missing one. now? You're missing one. Sorry, I was getting interrupted by a cat. Please tell me. She knew it was the creature moment. (laughs) Um, the, the red eyes, uh, at the yeah. very beginning oh, in the alley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are those? Does anyone know? Uh, they're probably very cute and very nice. That guy probably got, like, licked to death and... No way, be- dude. I didn't like night. them. Those yeah. look like, uh, oh, God, I can't think of the quote from Back to the Future 2, where the cops are like, nothing but, what do they call them? Oh, what do they call the, the crankheads and the... God, I'm a bad Back to the Future fan. Moving yeah, you got to sell all your neck toys. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll get the quote. It's something. Nothing but uh, screw heads and I don't know. Anyways, cool. <laughs> Good segment, Craig. But, but oh. uh, Red Eyes, I thought that was the most terrifying creature actually of the of the show. I thought those were scarier than the crate Dragon. Oh, I agree. Those were scary. That's a scary back alley. I can't wait to see. Someone's doing that graffiti. Sasha Banks. Okay, uh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, here we go. MVP of the evening. Who is it? Troy Benjamin, you're up first. I'm going to keep using the same music because it's all I got. Uh, I think I, think like I would it. go... I think I would go Cobb Vant. I think I think I would have the Timothy Timothy Oliphant uh, appearance be the MVP moment, and and you get to see his character learn something and grow through the 55 minutes. So he he gets the MVP for me. Alrighty, Ryan Dole. Um, I second Troy. Uh, Marshall Cobb was also my MVP for the exact same reasons. He his he had character growth. You know, but there was that social commentary that was clearly in there, and he was able to. Uh, see past each other's differences and and get to the problem and i and again like i said earlier as well any other character if that character was in any other show i would hate him because he'd probably be a big douchebag but he was awesome he was a good guy right abigail mvp well i figured everyone was going to say that and say the same thing so i went with uh amy sedaris and her character peli moto i believe is her name um because she made me laugh yeah, motto. And she sent she just set a good tone for the episode. And I'm a huge Amy Sedaris fan. So it's really nice for me to see her. Um, those are just very personal reasons. Like honestly, I do agree with Troy and Ryan. I think that um the Marshall was probably like the better character yeah. and the most well, valuable. Think... But for me, I like I like Amy Sedaris. So she I don't think she's MVP, happy. but she's like she got the most out of like it's like the six man award. Like like just a lot of like joke, joke, joke. Here comes a basketball reference. You're coming off the bench, playing a couple minutes, but really putting up some points and helping out the team. That's Amy Sedaris in this episode. Um I'm gonna go ahead and say it was the Marshall. Uh Timothy Alphonse, he's great. It made me want to. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Justify, but uh, he's great in that show. And also Walton Goggins. I need him in Star Wars at mm-hmm. some point because he's. Mm-hmm. I, I could totally see him be some like uh, some imperial officer with a chip on his shoulder. 
Oh God, I would want that. Um, okay, I got a quick question. Just to, I know we're going long, but I don't care. I'm going to ask this anyway. Who would win in a fight, Marshall Cobb or Mayfield? Who is uh, Bill Burr? I, I don't know. I mean, probably it'd probably be a good fight. Both got some attitude. <laughs> like I think, <laughs> I think Marshall Cobb. He he's he's probably seen some shit though. I think they both have. Except I think yeah. Mayfield should in the back. I think I think I think the Marshall has some honor to him now. Uh, where there might be some cheating going on in that duel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Yeah. Without his armor though, I don't know if his, his like uh, American apparel long sleeve fitted t-shirt <laughs> is going to be as protective as the, uh, the Boba Fett Mandalorian armor. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. So that was our, our, uh, our, our MVP segment. And now uh, any predictions for next week? Ooh. All right. Uh, We've all forgotten how to podcast. Only an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> dead, dead air. Dead air. Everybody oh, no. super happy. Uh, Ryan Dole, any predictions? Uh, you know what? I couldn't think of any predictions because I think anything that was left at the end of this episode, I don't think it's going to happen next episode. I think that reveal of who we think it could possibly very well be Boba Fett, uh, I think that's not going to get tied up right away. I think that's something that we're going to, we're going to see later on. Right. Uh, so I think next episode is just going to be the, uh, the next adventure. All right. Uh, Troy. Yeah. I think I'll stay safe. I think I'll, I'll predict that next week we'll still be on Tatooine. I think we'll still, there's more story to be told there. And I don't think that he's about to get up and leave. So I think at least we start the episode next week on Tatooine and, and go from there. That, cool. That's about all I got. I have no idea where things are going, and that's the way I like it. I right. don't want to know where I like that. Yeah. Abigail? That's good. Yeah, I don't want to. Um, the only thing I, I would hope to see and think we'll see is how Mando and the child, like their crate dragon prepared, what temperature. Um, <laughs> so I hope they follow up that storyline. Mm, yeah. Crate burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And they I, I don't want to make your. No, they're going to team up with the, the Jawas and they're going to convert <laughs> one of the sand crawlers into a food truck. <laughs> Oh, nice. Put those ribs, right? Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Abby, you were cutting out a little bit. You're still talking. That's fine. We're almost done. Um, Okay, any Q&A, anything throughout the episode people have been asking? This is your last chance. We're going to take about two minutes to address some questions rapid fire. I'm even going to put on some more music. Abigail, uh, do you have anything for us? Honestly, uh, not no specific questions other than uh, Tony Taylor wanted to know if uh, Chris wanted it to know if Troy knows that Chris is no excuse me does Chris know that Troy is treating, cheating on him god I couldn't <laughs> see that I'm sorry there was, there was no real quality questions to be honest <laughs> I just I just assume that Mr. Fabulous in this corner is going to tell Chris that I was on this and then I'll deal with the ramifications afterwards yeah. it's, it's fine <laughs> no way man oh. he can find out on his own <laughs> Uh, and I also um, wanted to, sorry, quickly give myself props from Ray Cameron because I am officially the marshal of this episode for keeping the scum out of the comments. Thank you. I was going to say, Abby, oh. Abby's had her hands full during the comment section here. Yes, so yes. Uh, we, yeah. we don't acknowledge um, the trolls, but we are uh, thoroughly happy that Abby took control. So, well, cool. I'm just uh, a Carl Weathers. I, we got to get do out wanna, of here, Mando. There, there that was, was like the worst Carl Weathers. I just I just want to shout it out to him because Ray Ray Cameron in the YouTube comments had a had a good thought about Sabine uh, breaking out the bank statement and I think 
I mean, obviously we've seen the dark saber uh, yes. at the very end with Moff mm -hmm. Gideon. So I think that's a, that's a very valid prediction is we're going to figure out why Sabine lost that dark saber some way, somehow. And yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe she will actually show up. Maybe that's Rosario Dawson's character. Maybe that's somebody else's character. I don't, there's been so much speculation that Rosario yep. Dawson is Ahsoka Tano. I, I don't know, but right. yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of ties to rebels and clone wars and mm -hmm. it's, it's all Dave Filoni. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. I think there's some big surprises to come. Um, well, listen, guys, this was fun. We're going to call it. This was Midnight Mando. I don't have anything else. Abigail, final thoughts. Do you have anything to leave us with, Marshall Abbey? Uh, the other than Ray Cameron's thought, which is Carl Weathers going to make stew with the Krite dragon meat. Oh, yeah. Uh, is Grief Karga going to lose a hand? Is Grief Karga going to lose a hand? He's going to have to at some point. <laughs> I love it. Landed on my pillow. That's funny. Right, well, I love, love you, fam. Thanks for commenting and cool. for watching, everyone. Uh, Ryan, final thoughts. I love Star Wars. This was so good. And this is awesome. And uh, congratulations, Troy, on how well your book is selling. Yes. Oh, yes. thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, well earned. Troy, any final thoughts? I mean, I will just say I, my, my biggest hopes and dreams for Mandalorian was that it would be Deadwood uh, in the Star Wars universe. And uh, in this episode, it became Deadwood in the Star Wars universe. So I am... <laughs> happy to plan here like this is amazing and i i hope that they continue with the western influences and just keep doing everything that they've been doing for the first season and the first episode and keep entertaining us I, i'm loving it absolutely well i have nothing to add other than i thoroughly enjoyed this episode i love star wars and i love all of you and our listeners thank you guys for tuning in this was a lot of fun we're gonna be here every friday night throughout all of season two of mandalorian make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel Make sure that you're looking us up on social media at YHS Podcast. And make sure you don't leave Abby in a room alone with Wado. Uh, <laughs> Who knows what can happen? It's going to be a wild night. All right. For Abigail Gardner, Ryan Dole, and our special guest, thank you so much, Troy Benjamin. We will see you next week. This is the way. Goodbye. Happy. This is the way out. This is the way out. This Happy Mandalorian Day. Yeah. <laughs> And find a way out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>